The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your addiction recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled Commitment to Success. Nobody has ever stopped drinking or drugging if they didn't want to. The motivation and commitment to get clean and sober is essential for success. Even though those of us walking a recovery path know that this alone is not enough, we also know it is foundational for living a life of freedom. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on finding and sustaining the motivation and commitment to sober living. We want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We certainly hope you will find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today, we're going to be talking about moving from that experience of sort of floundering into a life of dedicated purpose through the power of strength. So when I think about what was my experience of floundering, um, it's it's always weird to think back on it because even, you know, I I was there sort of, and sort of. I know what was yeah in a way in a way I was actually there, I, you know I know what was going on, but it it just it seems so um, oh I don't know, it's just it's not like a movie you know it'd be a really boring movie. I think most real lives would be, uh, you know, we don't we don't have like big screen drama uh, going on around things. At least I don't. <laughs> and so, you know, floundering um, to me was it's very it was very much an internal thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and I know I say this a lot, but I don't think anyone would have seen or noticed anything from the outside because everything right. looked great from the outside and some things were great but you know other things n- not so great you know and I find that when I think back I I had a 
a lot of focus on uh, things like making money and, you know, mm-hmm. making, if I got good at making money, which I did there for a while, I just wanted to get better. You know, I wanted to make more money and, you know, money's great, but there's at some point at which like, really, is this, is this what, uh, this is what life's all about? Just, yeah. what is this, like is? the scoreboard? Am I putting more points on the board? Why? I mean, who cares what's going on here? So that's what comes to mind first. It's floundering for me looked like focusing on things like making more money, which does not seem very important right now. Yeah, I have the sort of same experience that I don't think anybody would have said that I looked like I was floundering. Um, You know, when I was doing my best drinking, I was in graduate school here in Monterey and uh, was, you know, getting straight A's and, uh, you know, on, on the surface level of appearances, I was very successful and sort of had everything under control and was doing really well, you know, and the reason I share that is because folks might relate to that, you know, that it, it doesn't, your life doesn't have to be all messed up, you know, in, in every area for alcohol to be creating a problem or causing, you know, some real issues. It's quite possible for things to look on the outside, like, like everything is going really well, but in the way that I was floundering was like you said, internally, and um and interpersonally you know in my in my personal life and my relationships and um you know my inner life really that's where the floundering was happening not in any way that anybody would really see from the outside and i would say that the number one way that i was floundering was that i had no spiritual life um i didn't have any you know i didn't have any sense of a higher power or certainly any relationship with a higher power. Um, I didn't have any kind of prayer practice or, you know, I, I wasn't attending any kind of spiritual community, you know, like a church or other type of thing. And so that's how I was floundering because now that is like the whole center of my existence. So it's hard for me to look back and believe that I ever had a life that didn't involve that at all, you know, just zero spiritual life yeah you know i'm sitting here thinking about something you just said and and realizing and and remembering that sort of you know i think before before i got sober and realized that the you know recovery path was right for me i i had a what i would have to say a stereotypical view of like what what's an alcoholic an alcoholic is someone living in a box, you know, in an alley. And that's, I mean, that certainly can happen. And, and I could end up there, uh, if if I weren't willing to walk this path, but that's not the normal, that's not the, what's the right word for most of us. That is not the experience. We are in general, um, motivated and successful people in life, just like I shared and just like you shared from right. the outside, you know, things look great. Um, so the, the sort of the typical, if there's any such thing, typical alcoholic is not, um, someone living in a box in the alley. Although do, I do have friends that have done that. Yeah. Um, the typical, uh, alcoholic is, um, you know, just the like the person next door it could be anyone. You know, walking right. down the street, it's it's not like it shows from the outside um, in in most of us. 
So, and I do, I did find that helpful to know because, yeah. you know, when it starts coming up, I'm like, what, you know, I can't be that because I have right. all these false ideas in my head about what that exactly. must mean. All probably learned from the media, you know, television right. and, and movies and all of that. Um, anyway, so the, sort of the follow on, I was talking about focusing on things like making money and it really didn't have a sense of purpose in life other than that. Now, having not had a sense of purpose in life, I didn't know, I didn't have anything to compare it to. So it didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I had no purpose in life. I'd say, right. of course, you know, I have goals. I have this family and I'm trying to accomplish this and, you know, I'm good at that or, but that, you know, the kind of broad and deep purpose that I have now uh, did not exist for me then. Yeah. So when I look back and think about what I could now recognize as floundering, that's how we're, what we're calling it today, uh, having no real sense of purpose in my life other than, you know, doing stuff like making money, getting a bigger house or whatever. Right. Um, that's sort of what was going on. Yeah, I, I didn't have the making money thing so much, but I definitely had the external props, you know, the, I was very driven by accomplishment and um, accolades and wanting that external validation. And um, that was, you know, that was my, the focus of my life, which there's nothing wrong with that, you know, except that it wasn't balanced with an inner life. You know, there was no real inner life or spiritual life. It was all the external, um, you know, the drivenness and ambition and trying to accomplish because that's all I had. That's all I had to fill myself up with. And so getting sober was like opening up a whole new world to me, you know, the, this idea of, of any kind of a spiritual life and an inner life and a, you know, connection with myself and with others and all of that was was you know new to me and it all started with getting sober so I uh, uh what was I gonna say I there were a lot of problems that I was having in my life that um I didn't I didn't know why I was having those problems you know they seemed to be you know how you look around and you're like well, I'm sort of the common denominator of all of these things, so maybe right. I have something to do with it. You know, and I couldn't figure out why I kept having the same interpersonal issues and the same uh, same relationship problems. And, um, well, the way it went for me was I suddenly had this realization that alcohol was also the common denominator of a lot of it. And so I thought mm -hmm. that that was the problem. And so uh, removing alcohol, you know, seemed like the answer. And that was a huge motivation for me. And I'm glad that it was, you know, because it got me sober. But it turned out that that wasn't the whole answer to the problem. You know, there was a lot more going on um, than just the alcohol. But the alcohol absolutely was like the vein that was running through the whole thing. And removing it was absolutely the first step towards being able to look at any of the other stuff, you know. So, um we're going to be talking about motivation and stuff today. And I would say that the motivation for me was just being in a lot of pain, you know? So that was my sort of floundering was just being in a lot of emotional pain, always having these dramatic relationship issues and uh, fighting with my 
parents and that kind of thing. And um, that was, you know, I didn't want to be in pain anymore. I didn't want to live that kind of life anymore. And, and it seemed to me that the alcohol was the, seemed to be the surface level issue. But then of course I found out later that there was a lot more going on, but you know, as we say, it sort of gets revealed to us as we're able to process it, you know? So I'm glad that I didn't realize the extent of things at the beginning. It's sort of like that image of the iceberg where you only see a little bit, right. you know, over the surface, but underneath there's this whole big thing. And I'm glad that I didn't realize all of that at the beginning because, you know, I just needed to take it one step at a time and more would be revealed. And I believe that that is the process of the 12 step recovery program is that more is revealed as we're ready to have it revealed to us. Absolutely. I mean, I just wanted to, to, stop drinking and I got and I got that and I got so much more yeah and I remember um, as you described it I had a very similar experience where um, you know I had I had discovered Unity Church before I got sober so I had some familiarity with um, spiritual principles as uh, understood in Unity and all that and I had started doing these weekend workshops um, and while I was still drinking and my realization was that my drinking was like, so I was on a spiritual path, spiritual growth path. You know, that's how, that's right. the language that was used. And right in the middle of that path was this giant boulder. Right. And I'm like, I cannot get any further on this path until I get this taken care of. Yeah. And that boulder was alcoholism. Yeah. Well, in a way, it was it was the path, in right. a sense. I mean, there's a way I can look at it, but I had that experience. Like this, you know, I cannot continue without dealing with this issue. And then once I began dealing with the issue, of course, everything changes. As you said, more will be revealed, and it was. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears. It's always good to acknowledge and tell the truth about the problem, but you don't want to stay there, right? We want to move out right. of the problem and into the solution. So what? is the solution well in unity we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles and the spiritual principle that we found helpful in moving out of that floundering and moving into a life of dedicated purpose is or one of the things is the power of strength right so the power of strength being one of uh, unity co-founder charles fillmore's 12 powers which are 12 abilities that we all have that we're all using all the time but we may not realize how we're using them and strength is one of them but what in a recovery context what does strength mean i know that i could not quit drinking by sheer power of will or trying to white knuckle it through that's what you know that sort of sounds like strength and that didn't work so how does strength fit in to all of this yeah Oh, well, we always kind of like to start with a definition of these Fillmore uh, powers. And strength is defined as the ability to endure, stay the course, and persevere. And I think that that is very um, appropriate for what we're talking about, because that's essentially what the 12-step program is about, is enduring and staying the course and persevering. You know, this is not a one and done. This is not something that Um, We just, you know, go to a few meetings and we're fixed. Uh, At least that's not the way it worked for me. 
um, this was, and, I, and I'm glad I didn't really know the extent of it at the time, <laughs> you know, that this was going to be a lifelong thing, but it really uh, ends up being just a way of life, a way of living my life and a way of um, conceiving of my life and gave sort of an overall purpose and structure to my life. And it definitely requires more of a long-term vision. But we also balance that with one of the most important sayings that we have in our program, which is one day at a time. So, you know, if you're new or, you know, when you come in and you're new, you don't need to worry about that. Don't, you don't need to worry about what the whole rest of your life is going to look like. <laughs> we try to just focus on what's happening right now. And that's that wonderful saying of one day at a time. I don't know where they got that, but it's, it's actually become, you know, it's pervaded our whole culture, sort of that, that idea of just taking things one step at a time, one day at a time. And uh, that's how we, that's how we manage what seems you know, really big is just by focusing on what's happening right now. What do I need to do today? And uh, it, and that builds strength, you know, because when we think of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? That's sort of a weakening concept, right? Because it's overwhelming yeah. and it's, it's too much to think of. But by taking just today um, and doing what's right in front of me and doing what needs to be done today, that's how we develop strength. And uh, then, of course, you know, the way it works is usually that our life starts working quite a bit better. And that provides that motivation to stay the course. You know, if it didn't work, nobody would do it. Right. Right. <laughs> if our lives didn't get better and things didn't get better and we didn't start having an awful lot of fun and having new channels of joy opening up in our lives, nobody would do it. I mean, we always say I didn't get sober to be miserable you know, or to be unhappy yeah. or yeah. even to be bored or blah. I mean, that is absolutely not what this deal is about. No. And it can seem like it at the beginning, like this is going to be really boring, but I guarantee you it will not be boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> and totally. we got sober to be happy, joyous, and free. And that's always our that's and it always works. goal. It does work. You know, uh, we wouldn't be here. That's right. Um, that concept of one day at a time, like I remember having that feeling and I, and I've heard it from others. Like it's almost like this, it feels like a grim realization. It's like, you mean I have to do this for the rest of my life? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And my answer is no, you just need to do it today. That's it. Yeah. And that is, was a very strange thing when I first heard that, because I'm like, wait a second, I wasn't born yesterday. I'm not dumb. If I do it today, if <laughs> I, I do that every day, <laughs> then doesn't that mean, but even as I say that, can't you hear where my mind is? It is not right here and right now. Exactly. I'm projecting out into the future, which I'm creating in my head, right? Because Today's the only day that we have. And that's one of the beautiful things about this recovery program in my experience is that it emphasized that truth. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have to pretend to live one day at a time to be okay. Guess what? That's the only way you can live. Right. There is no other way except I can create all kinds of trouble in my life by, you know, acting like there is. There right. really isn't. And so it has helped me on every level. 
just to focus on what what is right in front of me now what is what we call the next right thing to do you know what is the what, what what's my step forward how, how do i you know what do i feel is the right thing the uh, you know in my intuition and it might be to do something to call someone it might be to do nothing right it might be to be quiet when i want to you know jump up and um get in a argument with someone or or whatever but that's all it is it's it's this one foot in front of the other you know if i if i literally just simply put one foot in front of the other then i will find that i can traverse any distance and i don't have to do it all at once you know it's not like if i you know the the silly way of putting it's like yeah i'm i'm all about running a marathon that sounds fine but this one foot in front of the other thing that's for the birds i'm not right. doing well yeah. Guess what? One foot in front of the other is the only thing that we have. So just just do that yeah. and everything else will be just fine. Yeah. That's probably the best way I can say it. Just put one foot in front of the other. Don't even worry or think about anything else. If you can just do that, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, this one day at a time is actually turns out to be just a really high spiritual concept. You know, it's sort of a little bit. Eastern Buddhist, whatever, you know, this idea of living in the now, living in the present moment. Um, one of those things that seems very simple, but is actually quite deep and profound. And, uh, you know, don't believe us, try it out and see how it works. Because, um, you know, that's how that's how things work in this program is we try it for ourselves and we see that it works and we don't do it because someone else said it's good. We, we do it because we, we followed someone's suggestion and it panned out for us. And the truth is, is that it's really the best way to live. And I don't, I'm not any kind of master of it. You know, I'm human. I'm, I'm always out in the future going, Oh, you know, but, but I, I know that <laughs> that doesn't do me any good. And all of the things that my mind generates and, you know, invents about how foreboding the future is going to be, it never turns out to be true, you know? So then I just wasted all that time stressing out about the future and none of it even happened. So what a waste, you know, what a waste of, of the life that's been given to me to spend it worrying about things that mostly don't even come to fruition anyway. So, but that came from experience, you know, that didn't come from somebody telling me that was true. That came from me learning from my own experience that all these things I worried about, you know, they really, they just, things just unfolded. They just did. And it, and it wasn't always what I wanted. It wasn't always, you know, quote unquote good or whatever, but it always just sort of unfolded and it was fine. Looking back on all these things, I worried about how they were going to turn out. They've all turned out just fine. So part of that is just, you know, having that lived experience that, that, that really does, it, it is a better way to live. It works for me to live that way, to try to not, you know, be worried about the future and just focus on what needs to be done now. You know, a big part of this strength power that we're talking about is inner strength. And I think that something that happens to a lot of folks, I know it happened to me, is that we have this inner strength in us that we didn't even know we had, you know. Um, maybe a lot of it was being dissipated by things that we were sort of spinning our wheels, you know, doing things that weren't productive that weren't helpful for us, like worrying about the future. 
um, you know, just all the dysfunctional behaviors that we had uh, when drinking and using or whatever. But there is this sort of inner strength that's just who we are as human beings, you know, and I think that we all find it, you know, eventually we uncover it. It turns out it's underneath there and we didn't even know that we had it. And it's that inner strength that, you know, gives us that ability to keep getting up every day and doing what needs to be done. And um, I, I think it's pretty universal. That doesn't mean that things are always easy or that we don't ever feel weak because I certainly do. But uh, it's one of those sort of spiritual paradoxes that, you know, just because you have times of feeling weak doesn't mean that that inner strength isn't there. There really is inner strength that I think we all uncover on this path. We find out that that's really what we're made of. And for me, the um, the one day at a time thing is key to it. And I agree, it's yeah. a deep spiritual principle. It's exactly the same thing as talking about, you know, if we wanted to dress it up fancy, we'd call it present moment awareness, right? Right. That's sort of the, it's the same thing. And the power of strength, I had jotted down it for me, the ability to keep my head down and push forward. Well, I actually suck at that, but <laughs> But what I have found works, and then what I realized is actually the only way that it works, is that, and it's way easier if I just do it one step at a time, yeah. right? If I, if, and so the practice is is keeping my head out of, you know, steps five, six, and seven, when really all I need to do is focus on where I am right now. It's like a, I picture a garden path, you know, a, a path of stones that disappears into the fog around the corner. I don't need to know where all that's going. I just right. need to know where is the next stone? Where do I need to put my foot right now? And believe it or not, if if I know that, and in fact, if that's all I know, I'm I'm just fine. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden, I find that I am good at keeping my head down and pushing forward. I just didn't understand that um, I could only do it one moment at a time, you know, kind of like right here and right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really am into these sort of spiritual paradoxes. And another one that uh, for me applies to this, this idea of strength, this, this power of strength is there's, there's surrender and surrender seems like, it's not a strong thing, right? To surrender is sort of in our yeah. culture seen as weakness, but it turns out that surrender is a sort of strength. And so there's a surrendering that happens in this program, you know, whether it's that surrendering that, you know, we're powerless over our addiction, um, surrendering, giving over our will to our higher power. Our strength comes ironically from that process of surrender. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm glad that you said that. And it's not weakness, it, it is strength. But let's hold that thought because it's time for a short break. And when we come back, we will continue the conversation. We hope that you'll please stay with us. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. 
This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Vaccine. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were discussing, uh, first of all, that sort of floundering that we experienced before getting into 12-step recovery or maybe an early recovery, what that was like. And then we moved into talking about the power of strength. So now we're going to talk about how we use the power of strength to move into from that floundering into dedicated purpose. So when I ask myself, you know, how... How is it that the power of strength, or how did I use the power of strength? I know that I'm using it all the time, uh, hopefully learning to use it in more skillful ways. But how did the power of strength help me move from floundering to dedicated purpose? The first thing that comes to mind is that when I saw saw a path forward, and so when I got into recovery, I, I quickly recognized this works. Mm-hmm. I knew that it worked because I could see all the people that it worked for around me. You know, I was not, I was not a skeptic. I wasn't looking for, you know, who, who the secret hand behind the curtain or whatever. I didn't think it was a, a cult or some kind of weird, you know, manipulative. Whatever. I just saw a bunch of people who had a common problem, m- many, many, many of whom had been successful over years and decades. And like, this works. I can see that it works right in front of my face. So in that way, I kept it very simple. And when I saw that it worked, then I realized this is a path for me. It's going to work for me. For for However it works, whatever it is these people did, I'm going to do it too because I can do this. They're not like super people or anything. They're just regular folks. I can do this too. And when I saw a path, I was able to keep moving down it. Now that is a what I would call a skillful use of the power of strength is to just, and again, one foot in front of the other, one day at a time. I'm so glad we talked about that because I didn't realize how connected the power of strength is with that concept of Mm -hmm. present moment awareness, uh, also known as one day at a time. So the way it helped me is when I saw a path that would work, the power of strength uh, assisted me in keeping moving down that path and it has worked all these years it does work i was right you know it worked for them and it worked for me because i decided that it worked for me even before i knew how that could possibly be i didn't know how it worked but i didn't need to i knew that it would work and and i decided i set an intention you know i decided it would work and it did work yeah. Yeah. I think I probably had a similar process, you know? I mean, if, if life didn't pretty quickly start to get better, nobody would stay in this program, right? We're, yeah. We don't have terribly long attention spans, you know, we need to see results pretty quickly. And um, even though 
there was a certain aspect to which there was sort of a Pandora's box being opened that happened where, you know, I thought that I was just uh, trying to remove alcohol from my life. I thought that, you know, how people talk about, like, we come to the 12 step program to learn, you know, to get sober, but what we really learn is how to live sober. And that would be applicable to any 12 step program. You know, it, the, the sort of pretext is that we're trying to get rid of this, uh, this this most troubling behavior that we have but what it turns out is we're really learning how to live and live without that behavior or that substance or that thing present for us so it really becomes a program of how learning how to live um and you know it, it started working pretty quickly for me even though it turned out there was a whole lot under the surface that i was really wasn't expecting um but and I had to go through a lot of things and I had to do a lot of really hard work in my early years of sobriety. Um, but there was still, even though there were really tough times and things I had to go through, there was still a way in which I could see that it was working, like, like you mentioned. And I think one of the biggest things for me was that, you know, I talked a lot of, in that floundering segment about not having any spiritual life or any sort of spiritual anything really on board. And I think that I didn't know it, but I was really hungry for that. And so even though times got particularly tough my first couple of years, um, having that newfound spiritual life was so important for me. And it was something that I didn't even realize I was hungering for. And I think that that went a long way towards giving me the strength and the motivation to remain committed to the program. It was like, wow, this God thing really works for me. <laughs> well, you know, however you want to put it, it really worked for me. I, I went from feeling alone in the universe, that sort of floundering to feeling like I had this higher power on board at all times. That was really for me and was, was always there for me and was always helping me. And that just felt like a lot better way of living for me. You know, it just did. And so all the things that I had to go through um, didn't diminish that because I wasn't going through them alone anymore. And and life took on a whole spiritual, well, I, I want to say took on a spiritual dimension, but it really became the focus of my life pretty quickly. And so it now looking back, it's it's not surprising that I ended up following a call to ministry course i never would have imagined that at the time but, <laughs> no. but that was sort of just the next logical extension of wanting to make spirituality the center of my life and so you know like like many of us like you i chose it as a as a calling as an occupation because um i wanted it to be that front and center in my life but um like we're sort of hammering home you know it, it started working and the fact that it was working is a big part of what gave me the strength to keep doing it. You know, if it wasn't working, I, I wasn't going to probably stick with something that I didn't, wasn't giving me any return, you know? Yeah. And so that's, what's so great about this program is it starts working pretty quickly. You know, I also started, um, uh, I guess, investing in it in, in a way, investing uh -huh. in my, in my life in this new way of being. And one thing that became important for me is I was also doing like weekend spiritual growth workshops. Mm -hmm. I'd mentioned that before. And um, 
the you know these were not recovery workshops, but recovery was not unknown right. among these groups. Right. I mean, you start hanging around with a lot of unity people, you're going to run into a lot of people in recovery because the underlying spiritual principles are the same no matter yeah. what the particular expression is. Right. And so we find a, a kinship there. Yes. So I was hanging around with what I affectionately refer to as all my weirdo spirit friends, <laughs> some of which had direct experience with 12-step and some had no, you know, really nothing to, to do with it in particular. It didn't matter. But what we had in common was the spiritual principles, whatever they might be. Right. And so that was a way that... Um, you know, say it was, the, it was at the power of strength that did that. It did help me keep going, but it's because I was having a good time. Yeah. You know, I was I was finding ways to make it fun and interesting, and I I like to understand how stuff works and learn new things and and all of that. And so by you know by finding my way to doing crazy stuff like firewalking and and. <laughs> all that other stuff that I've done in these workshops, it really supported my uh, recovery growth because it kept me engaged in the path. And so that is, I find that's a way that, that strength showed up, yeah. if you will, um, in ways that, you know, I never thought of it that way. I thought of strength as purely like willpower, white knuckle, I'm going to do it even though I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Well, the way that doesn't work for me, but what does work for me is when I find ways to stay engaged, yeah. then then all of a sudden, look, I've been on this path a while now. Is yeah. that a whole bunch of, you know, willpower and white knuckling? No, it's actually none of that. Is mm -hmm. it the power of strength? Yes, it is yeah. the power of strength, but manifested in a way that I never even really recognized before, yeah. but I see it now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to say that one of the ways that we stay committed to this path and stay motivated on this path, you know, to stay the course, to be, um, to persevere is because we, we never stop remembering where we came from, you know, and even, even the format that we've, you know, applied to this show where we talk about what it was like before, what it's like now, you know, and how we how we got there, how we use these principles to get there. We always include the, you know, what it was like before portion because we need to remember, you know, we need to remember why we're doing this in the first place. And it, you know, people can criticize it that don't really understand it. You know, why are those alcoholics always talking about, you know, yeah. their drunk days or why do they keep calling themselves alcoholics? And right. um you know, if you're not, and you're not in the program, I can see where you would look at it that way. But the disease itself wants us to believe that we don't have the disease, right? Yes. And, that's you know, a funny thing to say, but I agree. Yeah, that's the way it works. And so if I didn't, you know, take time, it's never going to be the focus. And like you say, we always want to move into the solution. We don't want to stay in our drunkologues or whatever. Um, but if I didn't take the time to remember what it was like and why I'm doing this, I would not be able to apply that power of strength to staying the course. And so I need to remember why I'm doing this in the first place. And, um, you know, as you, as you string more and more one day at a times together, 
it becomes important that, you know, for me that I take the time every now and then to, to look back and to remember where I came from and why, why I'm doing this. And it can, you know, as alcohol sort of recedes or whatever the addiction of choice is or not of choice, um, it can become easy to think that maybe it wasn't that bad of a problem or maybe, you know, think maybe, maybe I could drink again or whatever the thought process might be, you know? And so I always remind myself, this is just one of my little sayings is that there is no problem currently occurring in my life that alcohol couldn't make a whole <laughs> That's lot right. worse. And I've had to say that to myself a lot of times, you know, I've never actually really even been close to drinking again, but there have been times when, you know, it crossed my mind, like this really freaking sucks right now. I'm in a lot of pain, (laughs) you know, and I would really like to have something to make that pain go away. And that's when I apply that, that saying, you know, even though it seems like it might be a good idea. And like I say, this applies to any kind of you know, using any substance or behavior or anything. I know that that behavior, that that addiction is going to make whatever is happening worse. It's not going to make it better. It's going to make it a lot worse. And so that's like you said, that's a skillful use of that power of strength is, um, is remembering, remembering what the issue is and why I'm doing this. And, um, you know, use, apl- applying that to to remember why I'm staying the course, why it's not a good idea for me to go and drink again, <laughs> why I want to remain committed to this path. For me, it's for a lifetime. I'm definitely with you on that. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet that I realize is a factor for me is we haven't talked about the power of service to yes. others and showing up in service to others because – I know that it's, for me, it's easier to push ahead, so to speak. I don't think of it quite that way. Sometimes it feels like that. It's easier to push ahead when I know that I'm being helpful to others, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just, it just, it completely changes the dynamic. So even if I, you know, I have a, something on my to-do list, I'm like, oh man, that just seems like that's going to take a lot of time. It's kind of a pain. But when I know that it's beneficial in some way to other people, I don't, I don't feel that way about it. I feel yeah. this is what I'm called to do. Right. You know, this is why I'm here. And yeah. so it makes it easier. It makes it maybe even easy uh, for me to, for, to do uh, that, which is mine to do, as we say, because it's not just me. It's not all about me, right? There's us involved. There's community involved and other people. And so it matters because there are other people involved in a way that if it was just literally personally for me only, that it, that it wouldn't matter so yeah. much. So I yeah. f- just find it very motivating to be in service to others and to show up in roles that are in service to others, like church ministry, I have found. I mean, this is almost like a, uh, you know, how did you not know that? But service, uh, church ministry is absolutely about, to me about service to others. Right. And so I show up um, in the community as I need to because I love to be of service to others. And it makes it easy mm-hmm. to do. I mean, church ministry is not always easy, but um, right. it doesn't feel like work in a yeah. way. It's, I don't know how to describe that. It, it, sometimes it's challenging and sometimes it's 
not challenging, but it's all it's always about the group, right? To me, it's always about the community, not unlike a, a healthy 12-step community. Right. And so when I show up to, we always use this example because it's perfect, make the coffee. I know I'm making the coffee for lots of other people. And other people have made the coffee for me, yeah. too, not realizing who, they, I don't know who's going to drink it. They didn't know who was going to drink it, yet there it is. And so when it's my <laughs> turn to make the coffee, I feel really good about being able to be the one that's making sure that it's there because other people did the same thing for me. It doesn't yeah. feel like work at all. Yeah. Yeah, as I'm listening to you share, the word that keeps coming into my mind is purpose. You know, and it's like it, there for me became this sense of purpose. And uh, now it's it's the way I conceive of my whole life leading up to this point is that like, why did all these things have to happen to me? Why did I have to get sober and blah, blah, blah? And it's like, now I see that it all served a purpose. Now, now I can use those experiences that weren't so much fun going through them, but now they inform my ability to help others. And, and the fact that I can share my experience and it can help someone else gives me a sense of purpose, you know, and gives me sort of gives meaning to the whole thing, like why this whole thing had to happen is, and it's not just getting sober. It's all, you know, the other challenges that I've had into my, in my life, you know, there's can be that feeling of like, why, why me, why did I have to go through this? But once, <laughs> once you get on the other side of it and get some, you know, get a bit of a handle on it and see how it can help others, you know, then, then it becomes like, okay, well now it's okay that I had to go through that because it has a purpose. I can use my experience to help others. And that's sort of the way the whole program works. As soon as, you know, we get a few days or weeks or months or whatever under our belt, we start using that experience to help others. Even if it's just showing up at a meeting and sharing how it's working for us, that is or not helping working. others. Yeah. Right. I, either way, just showing up and sharing, it totally yes, is. exactly. And it's yeah. like people don't know, you know, nobody knows these, these things that I heard in meetings over the years that stayed with me or that shifted something for me. Or And they didn't know they were doing that. They were just showing up and sharing what was going on for them. But I was listening, you know, and I took those things in. And certain things that were said that probably the person wouldn't even remember saying really made a difference to me and became part of, you know, me shifting into something different or, or one of those aha realizations. And we just don't know how what we're going through and what we share is ever going to be able to help someone else. We just don't, we can't ever know. We just should assume that it is going to help someone because that's how the program works. We show up, we share what's going on with us and it helps someone else. And that's the beauty of it because it gives us that purpose and that purpose in turn gives us that strength to persevere and to stay the course and stay committed to the path. I'm glad you're talking about this because our whole focus here is moving from floundering to dedicated purpose. Yeah. And a dedicated purpose can be as simple as uh, showing up and making the coffee, for example. Yeah. Um, and what I had found is that while things like that uh, were a beginning, they were just a beginning. I mean, and, and I don't mean to uh, minimize them because they are as important as they ever were. They right. still matter. 
but for my own experience on my path, doing things like that um, showed me, uh, I guess, in a way, opportunities, right, for other other things that I could do. And so all of a sudden, I find that my life has a dedicated purpose, and it's almost like it crept up on me, and I didn't even realize it was happening just because I was, you know, I was living the principles, right? And and so when I live the spiritual principle, there really is no other possible outcome. You know, it just works. You know, it yeah. works. We talk in um, recovery community about having a spiritual awakening, which doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden I'm a Zen master or anything like that. <laughs> it means I had a realization and something shifted in me, yeah. in my consciousness. Yeah. It's like, oh, everything seems a little different now. Yes. And I, but you know, you just keep going. It's not right. spiritual awakening is not an end point. Right. It's just something that can crop up along the way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sure. It's, it's great, but it's not the, it's not even the focus of it. I'm not in this to have spiritual awakenings, you know, that would right. wreck it. They would, that would completely wreck it anyway, <laughs> because that intention will never produce that outcome. It's not right. how this, that's not how this deal works at all. But I found that I kind of end up in a place with dedicated purpose just by one foot in front of the other, one day at a time, um, using the power of strength. And then what tied it all together was doing it in service to others. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, my life has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, like, what greater purpose could there be in life than to see that something you struggled with and overcame can help someone else? You know, that's sort of yeah. like the, like, because not only did you make it through that thing, you know, and survived it and life got better, but then you're, you're, you're sharing that experience of it is going to help someone else. So it's just like the double whammy. It's like the, it's the icing it, on it, the cake. Yeah. It's like dedicated it's totally purpose. Awesome. That's what it is. It's totally awesome. I agree. Well, we have said a whole lot about this topic, as we tend to do. So let's step way back, if we can, and see if we can find a concise way to sum all this up. So, Reverend Michelle, here's a question. So in a nutshell, right, to sum it all up, if someone came to you and said, I want to get sober, but I don't know if I can do it, what should I do? Well, I would say go to meetings, because that's where it all happens. And this thing we've been talking about, this one day at a time, you know, really applies. Just go to meetings and just try and stay in the now, stay in what's happening right now as much as possible. And when you're in the meetings, listen to other folks. You know, that's what we're there for is to listen and watch them and see if their lives seem to be better, you know, if they seem happy, joyous, and free, um, not necessarily all the time, but at least some of the time, see if they have something that you think you want, you know, does it, does it look like these people are having fun? Does it look like these people are living lives of purpose and meaning? Um, if it does, then figure that maybe that would be a good place for you to be because you can find that too. So, it's a try it and see program. Just yeah. try it out and see and give it time and be patient. You know, everything doesn't get perfect overnight, but things should start to get better pretty quickly. Yeah, they, they did for me. And I've seen that happen a lot of times around me. So my answer to that question, I want to get sober, but I don't know if I can do it. 
totally understand that. What should I do? I would say, um, you know, make the make the decision. Decide. Yeah. This is yeah. what you're doing. And it kind of sounds like the questioner has. Maybe. Say, I want to get sober, but have you decided to get sober? That yeah. I guess that is a little bit different. So set, we talk in spiritual circles about setting an intention, which seems like a small thing, but it's a big and powerful thing. Make yeah. the decision. And then, like, like you're sharing, Reverend Michelle, get with other people. Yeah. You know, make the decision and then start showing up with other people. In fact, if if you're only willing to show up, that that is enough. And yeah. you only have to do it for today. You yeah. don't have to do it for others. So just decide and and then start showing up and realize just today. Yep. Good advice. Well, as always, we like to give you an affirmation to solidify these ideas. And so our affirmation today is this. I have the strength and commitment to accomplish that which is mine to do. It's a great yes. one. I love it. I have the strength and commitment to accomplish that which is mine to do. And of course, that strength and commitment is rooted in the spirit within Yes. Of course. Well, it has happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful. And we hope that you found something in our confabulation here today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you may be on your own recovery journey. Listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and give us your thoughts and feedback. We invite you, of course, as always, to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.